spiritual gifts. The phrase, the term, shows up a couple of times in Scripture, not always with exactly the same description, but in the New Revised Standard Version translation of this morning's Scripture passage, this passage from the Apostle Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, his list of spiritual gifts is offered this way. The utterance of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, various kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. It's a bit of a dense list, perhaps not something that sparks a lot of affinity or even recognition from us, that is, some of the gifts listed seem broad, even vague, and others unfamiliar. That's part of the reason I asked for this morning's scripture to be read from the Common English Version, which is a bit more contemporary version. Here again is the list of spiritual gifts as named in that translation. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, performance of miracles, prophecy, the ability to tell spirits apart, different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. The list is a little bit more accessible in that version, even if it doesn't quite make things crystal clear, but there are parts of it that make sense to us. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, those things are familiar to us. Different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, not so much. So what do we do with the scripture? What do we do with the list of spiritual gifts? Well, one temptation when dealing with a list like this, this list of spiritual gifts that seems at some points too broad and at other points kind of strange, is to say that Paul was just making a start of it. This and that, oh, and this as well. And therefore, this list is not really a comprehensive list. Surely, we might say to ourselves, there are many other things that we could add to such a list, things more familiar to us, additional spiritual gifts. How about adding leadership or empathy or intuition to the list? We could make the list more comprehensive. Maybe we could make the list better. And it may well be true that there are other spiritual gifts that Paul didn't mention in his 1 Corinthians list, and so there may be other spiritual gifts that would seem more familiar to us, maybe even other spiritual gifts that would seem more worthy of our attention. But since this particular text is the text we are dealing with today, then it's probably not our job to say simply, I don't understand some of these gifts, and I don't understand the relevance of others, so let's choose some different ones. Let's make our own list. But that's one thing we might feel tempted to do, expand the list to make it work better for us. Another thing we might do with a scripture like this is to try to unpack the list as we have it, just to work at understanding what's right in front of us. What does gifts of healing mean, for instance? What are some examples of gifts of healing? Does it mean only physical healing? Could it mean emotional or mental or spiritual healing as well? And if it's physical healing that's being referenced, does having the spiritual gift of healing mean having the gift of being able to work for healing within the laws of nature? Like a a doctor prescribing medicine or maybe referring us to a physical therapist as a means of strengthening certain muscles or increasing range of motion? Or if we're talking about healing as a spiritual gift, does it mean that it has to be something on a spiritual plane? Maybe something like faith healing, something closer to another spiritual gift on the list that comes later on, the gift of miracles. 
And that's just asking some questions about the gift of healing as one spiritual gift on the list. We can look at others on the list too. What about prophecy? Is this predicting the future or is it declaring the word of the Lord? And what about faith? What is the gift of faith? How do you define that? So we could try to unpack the meaning of each gift in this very specific list that Paul offers. And to do that, we could look at each one and say, what is the nature of that particular gift? Is it something we see or have seen in the life of the church? Do we understand it? Is it relevant? How does it get expressed? How does it work? If we were to take that route, unpacking the list gift by gift, I have to admit that I would probably be as much perplexed by some of these gifts as certain of others. Because although I understand things like hearing a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, I think I understand those things anyway. I don't understand miracles in the modern world. And not only that, but while I have heard speaking in tongues, I've never understood it. The act of speaking in tongues itself, much less what those sounds mean. So here's where we find ourselves. If adding things to the list of spiritual gifts doesn't seem like the right thing to do, and understanding what is already there is pretty hard, then what do we do with this text, with this list? I think there are two things that I want to do with it. First, I want to encourage us to recognize that spiritual gifts are spiritual gifts. They're unique to the body of Christ. Even if I don't understand all of them, I can certainly recognize that not every good gift is a spiritual gift. That is, there are lots of things that we do that are good and meaningful and helpful that probably aren't spiritual gifts. Engineering, farming, lecturing, teaching English, accounting, customer service, nursing, being the CEO, IT work, fixing cars, stocking shelves, delivery of packages, higher education, administrative work, flying airplanes, cleaning bathrooms, coaching sports, cutting grass, writing books, plumbing and electrical work, law enforcement, dispensing prescriptions, running a business, being a librarian, building houses, counseling those with mental health needs, raising animals, all of those things take specific skills and abilities. All those things take specific gifts of aptitude and interest and experience and education. They're all things that require a certain kind of giftedness. But the giftedness required in all those areas is not necessarily spiritual in nature. Do you see what I'm saying? Spiritual gifts fit into a particular subset of giftedness. What defines that? Is it only things that are churchly, so to speak? I don't think so. But the application has to be somehow in the realm of the spiritual. I think that means that spiritual gifts probably lean away from commerce or commercialization. I think that means that the exercise of spiritual gifts most likely has something to do with touching the human spirit and how it connects with the realm of God. And I think that means that the expression of spiritual gifts has something to do with drawing people into the space of spiritual healing 
and or spiritual transformation. Maybe most simply put, it's this. Spiritual gifts are the things that we do, the abilities that we have, that move within the body of Christ to connect it, to build it up. A spiritual gift is by definition something that speaks to or from the spirit and in some mysterious and powerful way pulls the children of God together. It pulls them together into the family of God, into the body of Christ. If that's it, then I suppose Paul's list could be expanded, but not just by adding more good things to the list. It would be expanded by adding things to the list that are expressions of the way the Spirit is at work through us, moving to draw us together into the way of Christ as well as into the body of Christ. And if that's true, then maybe the question we should be asking ourselves as we sit like a, sit with a scripture like this is this. What gift do I have that works at a spiritual level toward the goal and purpose of bringing the children of God closer to God and closer to each other? Which brings me to the second thing I want to recognize, and it is that Paul says very clearly that spiritual gifts are for the common good. There are different spiritual gifts, he writes, but the same spirit There are different ministries and the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them and everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. For the common good. So let's think of it this way. Whatever gifts you have are not gifts you have as if somehow your giftedness is an award that has been given to you or a confirmation of your special talentedness or your goodness. No, the spirit gifts you have are only given to you so that you can share them with the body. Whatever spiritual gift you have, whatever gift you have that somehow contributes to bringing together the body of believers, the community of faith, is a gift you have solely for the purpose of sharing it. The point of giftedness is to find a place and a means for sharing those gifts for the common good. Now, maybe that seems obvious, that gifts are meant to be shared, that God gives us particular abilities or talents or passions not to use for our own sake, but to share with others. But if we look around us, and even if we look inside ourselves, what should be obvious is that all too often we are protective of whatever we have that we think is uniquely or specially ours. We are inclined to keep something of value to ourselves. To use it sparingly, to worry about wasting it, and to hold this self-directed question close at hand. What is my reward? And rather than thinking about the common good, we are over and over inclined to think about our own individual good or the good of our family or the good of those closest to us. So spiritual gifts have something to do with living in and through the Spirit in a way that draws all God's children together into a body of blessing and blessedness, and such gifts are always aimed toward the common good. To exercise those gifts in the right way, there is a release required, a spirit of generosity expected, a willingness to walk away from tit for tat, 
and an affirmation that we are not the source of this giftedness. We are only the conduit for it. Listen to the list again. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, performance of miracles, prophecy, the ability to tell spirits apart, different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Do any of those things sound familiar? Do any of those things sound like you? I'm guessing that while we are not Christians of the sort who speak in tongues or who interpret tongues, there are things on that list that look like us. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, the ability to tell spirits apart. Do we use our words for the common good? Do we express wisdom and share knowledge in a way that draws the body together, in a way that builds it up? Is our faith something that, as we share it, encourages and draws others to Christ? Is there healing touch in our hands and in our words, the kind of touch that makes the body better by offering wholeness to others? Are we people of discernment, a gift that starts with awareness and moves with compassion? There are these gifts among us. But remember, at the same time, it's not about your gift or my gift. It's about what we do together, what we do for each other, how we make a space among us, between us, for the spirit to work for the good. We have a remarkably gifted congregation when it comes to all the good skills and talents we share among us. We have capable, smart, talented skilled, experienced people. We may even have an overabundance of such things compared to many churches. So we may call ourselves gifted in that sense. But spiritual gifts are less about talents and more about the glue that holds us together. And you know what? We have good glue here, too. We have so many who are willing to do whatever is beneficial and necessary for the common good. We have such a deep faith in the love and kindness of God. We find such healing in each other's presence because we are willing to pray for each other, because we are willing to offer compassion and understanding even when we don't know the whole story. And we have such a deep well of knowledge and wisdom. I count among you some of the wisest people I know. And as you share that wisdom and knowledge, you do it from a place of care and humility. And you know what else? The Spirit is the source. All this goodness comes from God for the sake of the community. And when we know that, that all this goodness comes from God for the sake of all of us together, then we receive these gifts with humble gratitude. It's no longer a matter of what makes me or you special. It is a matter of what makes us whole. Maybe if you forget everything else I said this morning, remember that. It's no longer a matter of what makes you or me special. It's a matter of what makes us whole. Where does all of this get us? Right here to this point. 
They are gifts that we share with each other here in the life of the church that are unique to the church because there is a special spirit at work here in us and among us, the spirit of God that draws us toward God. And these gifts that show up among us are not our individual privilege or possession. These spirit gifts flow through us for the good of all of us. And you, you all, are part of the goodness of God when these gifts flow to and from you. So thanks be to God for all good gifts. Thanks be to God for the spirit among us. Thanks be to God that it is no longer a matter of what makes me or you special, but a matter of what makes us whole. Thanks be to God. Amen.